Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello. Welcome to the second episode of Let Me Introduce Myself a podcast where each episode I'm joined by a different guest to discuss an interesting aspect of their life. Last week we were joined by my friend Paddy and we talked about his life growing up as a Catholic in Belfast during the Troubles. I'm a bit biased obviously but if you didn't listen to it I recommend you go back and check it out. This episode I am so excited to be joined by professional footballer Brooke Hendricks. I'm a season ticket holder and a massive fanboy of the West Ham women's team so I was very excited and a little bit nervous to have Brooke as a guest on my show. We talk about Brooke's whole career and her aspirations for the coming season as she joins NWSL outfit Washington Spirit. I am very pleased to be joined by professional footballer Brooke Hendricks for this week's episode. Um, Hi Brooke, how are you doing? I'm great, great. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Brooke is a professional footballer who used to play for my team West Ham United but has recently moved to the NWSL team Washington Spirit congratulations Brooke that's really exciting thank you I think I appreciate that <laughs> was it always the ambition to get to this league because I guess it's the it's the Premier League isn't it in the in the world really for women footballers right I think that's that's what they say so um <laughs> obviously being from America I've always had dreams of playing professionally at home I guess you could say fortunately for women a lot of places are kind of growing at the moment especially in England to be honest so how does it feel to be an NWSL player is is it sort of settled in yet because obviously you kind of arrived at a time where the world is a little bit topsy-turvy so I guess it's not fully underway yet so how how does it feel is it have you has it kind of settled in yeah it's been crazy like really crazy actually right now so I'm I think I'm getting towards being settled in it's definitely it feels really cool that now that my friends kind of like know more about where what I'm doing because obviously in Europe they didn't have as much information on what was going on over there it's really neat that I'm able to kind of come full circle and get back here it's 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 starting to sicken (laughs) it's uh I I think probably it'll be that that running out for your first game I'd imagine will be the, the moment where it really hits how underway are things at the moment in with with the whole COVID situation has it did it impact heavily on your induction to the team or has it been a fairly standard pre-season other than obviously the social distancing yeah I think it's pretty hard to be standard with, with yeah. all the regulations going on but we actually got a few weeks in at the beginning okay. before everything kind of got shut down I came early so it's kind of like a slow trickling in throughout the month of February of more and more players. And then we went to a preseason camp in Florida. 
um, in March, which is actually where, like, when everything kind of shut down and we started had to do, like, small groups. I think we got, like, one day of real training in, so that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, and so now it's kind of getting back up. This is our first week uh, that we were allowed to, by the NWSL and state regulations, to kind of be in small small groups together, like, in the same facility anyway. And I think coming up is when we can do full team training, actually. Okay. So that's going to be exciting. Prior to this, has it kind of been just training on your own individually? Is that what the expectation is? Or have you been working with a coach or a fitness instructor? Or how has it worked? Right. They kind of give us recommended workouts. Mm-hmm. That's what they had been doing. And we were supposed to be doing like what they termed household training. So I could work out with my roommate or people that I've been quarantining with. So it was like groups of three maybe that mm-hmm. we were out there just doing drills that we've been given by coaches or we're making up our own um and we, then obviously we have fitness to do every every day basically yeah <laughs> and then weight training as well okay so it'll be a welcome move i'd imagine to getting back to team training at some point right yes so it's still regimented it was just yeah. like on your own like you had to motivate yourself so yeah. it's much better to be with the team <laughs> absolutely but i guess there's a certain element of self-motivation that comes with being a professional athlete anyway Right, of course. We wouldn't be where we are today if we didn't have at least a little bit of self-motivation. Absolutely. So I think it's definitely, we all have it. It's just some days are harder than others. Mm. Whereas when you're with coaches, like it doesn't matter. So yeah, it's just every day has to be the same. Yeah, and I guess it's difficult if you're used to having some kind of interaction to be forced to work on your own constantly, right. I guess. It's... And I think at the beginning, it wasn't so bad. Like I don't mind working on my own. I feel yeah. motivated. But after so many weeks of doing like similar things with only small numbers, it kind of like, gets old a little bit yeah because you can't really do much with two three people sometimes even just by yourself so it's definitely yeah i'm excited for the team training i can only imagine i can only imagine (laughs) so that kind of brings me around to your the start of your journey really so that's that's where you are now obviously within wsl with washington spirit waiting to make your debut what's your sort of earliest soccer memory how did you get into soccer as a sport well it's kind of a funny story i feel like i've maybe mentioned it i don't know but I was really bad at ballet. Like my mom wanted me to be like a typical girl that's like doing like the princess ballet situation. Yeah. And I was just so bad at it. <laughs> and then I would like drive her crazy because I had ADHD. And so she's like, all right, you need to go run somewhere. So she just signed me up for like the local league where mm-hmm. I lived, which is like a small town. So just one soccer league, signed me up. And then I just fell in love with it from there really. I just like my first memory was probably just having a, a real uniform. Okay, I just yeah. thought that was so cool when I was like, I don't know, like six is what I remember, I guess. Nice. And I had like a, we were the Ninja Turtles. Oh, <laughs> so I had like a, <laughs> a green shirt. I don't even know. It was just like super bad material back then. It was like, like polyester maybe. I don't know. It wasn't like a great uniform, but I thought it was amazing. Like I never want to take it off because I had my matching shorts and my shirt. I thought it was like the real deal. That's cool. <laughs> And was it yeah. set up so that you could, were you playing with all girls or was it a, a mixed team or how does, it, how does it work in the States? Right. Um, when you're younger, it's co-ed. So at that moment, I was playing with boys as uh, well. I, I think I probably thought I was a boy, to be honest, at that <laughs> point in my life. That's <laughs> fair enough. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At what age did you kind of come around to the idea that this might be a career option for you? Was that was that much later or was it something you thought about from the moment you put on that teenage Ninja Turtles uniform? <laughs> <laughs> I think I had like ups and downs with the dream. I think when I was younger, I really wanted to do that. Like I wanted to be a soccer player. Mm-hmm. Like before I even knew what like jobs really were, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this forever probably. Um, but then when I got to college, the professional league 
folded here in America. Right, okay. So there really was an opportunity that I knew about because I didn't really know that I could go to Europe and play over there. So I didn't think it was possible anymore. So I kind of was just doing my thing, just enjoying what I could in college, kind of thinking that would be it for me. And then towards the end of my career, the NWSL came back and my coach kind of started putting it back in my head like, hey, I think you could do this, you could do this. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to go to grad school. And then just one day, I just something just didn't feel right. I was applying. I was actually applying to grad school, and I was like, this just doesn't feel like what I need to be doing. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to try and play soccer, and if not, I'll come back to grad school. But I didn't want to have any regrets, you know? So that's when it kind of really became real for me. I'm guessing you played soccer all the way through high school. What, what, was right. you, what was your kind of reaction from your peers growing up? Because I think women in, in the UK, particularly younger women for like, 10 15 years ago would have there would have been a certain stigma that kind of came with playing football in your teenage years I guess it wasn't as open as it is maybe in the states and I just wondered what your experience of it was growing up how your friends viewed it that kind of thing I think we all kind of grew up like none of us like I said I'm from a small town so mm. like we didn't really think we uh make a job out of it necessarily yeah. it was just more along the lines of like we all played to get to college like that was our end game a lot of us just we, that's how we made friends so like we just always wanted to be with each other so we would just keep playing together and then like later on so that when I started to become more of like reality I guess for me to play professionally I think I got mixed reviews from my friends really okay they it would be like half of them be like oh that's so cool and then like the other half is like oh but you're not gonna have a real job or <laughs> you're not gonna like you know how like that, that yep. goes it's just it's you get mixed reviews for sure. So talking about college, you were at uh, Southern Miss, right? Is that that was the name of the uni, the, the university you were at, the Golden Eagles, I think is the name. Yes, the Golden Eagles. Yeah. So um, uh, were you able to get a scholarship there for your, or were you just is it something you picked up when you were, at, or was it something you carried on rather when you went to university? Right. So in America, we play like club, like travel soccer. Okay. That's we can go to tournaments and then college coaches see us mm-hmm. and then they can recruit you to their college or whatever. So usually you get interest from a few colleges yep. and then you have to like decide which one do you want to go to. So Southern Miss to me was a fairly like big university, which mm-hmm. is what I wanted. It was out of Georgia, which is what I wanted because <laughs> I wanted to be able to like get out of my shell a little bit yep. and like make new friends and do that whole thing. To be honest, my pa- my parents didn't have a lot of money, so really the only way I could afford college is if I got a scholarship. So I think that like they, I was able to co- combine academic and soccer athletic scholarship to make it like a hundred percent. So I got all of my college paid for, which was like a big that's amazing factor. It was amazing. It really yeah. was. It was a blessing. So that's definitely one of the factors of choosing Southern Miss and. I love the team and everything as well. So sort of a bit of research. I was reading your profile on the webpage and they they kind of your little blurb was talking very highly of all the sort of records that you set while you're in there in terms of like for that particular season, so playing in all nineteen games and having a team high in, in minutes played and it just struck me that you were obviously quite an integral part of that college team. Right. Oh that's so cool. that's cool. I need to go and read that actually. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's just yeah, it was just talking about that and I, it just made me wonder when I was reading it how you managed to juggle the sort of the demands on the sporting side of things as well as your academic and just generally being a a teenager young young person is that a testament to your mentality or is it was there a particular system was it a struggle in college they do a really good job of helping you kind of learn that in your first year so they force you to go to like what's called study hall so you have to have like six hours every week and so I think it kind of helped me with time management actually because soccer wasn't a problem for me. Like, I love soccer. Like, I would be at soccer all day if I could. 
so that part wasn't a struggle for me as much as I mean doing my homework and mm-hmm. like I'm really not I'm more of like a relaxed student I guess okay. you could say <laughs> like I, I did what I needed to do to get the, the grades yeah like I, I had a, a good a decent GPA and I thought I did pretty well but they definitely give you the resources to do well if you want to do well so I just kind of took advantage of those so it made it a little bit easier to be able to juggle everything and obviously like your friends you're going like your teammates are going through the same thing so mm-hmm. then there's obviously like parties you can go to and events and so I, I didn't want to miss out on any of that either so I just trying to get like it's really about balance isn't it so <laughs> I really just try to balance everything I was like I want to get a little bit of everything in uh, so that's pretty much what I did it just amazes me that any student athletes sleep I just I, <laughs> I know it's obviously <laughs> so important to being an athlete but there just seems to be so much around college life in America that I don't know how that how you how you juggle everything and still manage to find time to sleep but obviously you do because you wouldn't be the athlete that you were if you didn't it's right. quite incredible um I know I'm just playing my day around napping and getting <laughs> sleep whenever I could <laughs> I'm just gonna fair. fit it in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I noticed from the stats on the college page that you used to play sort of as a midfield f- forward is what you're listed as when did the transition <laughs> further back happen okay so every year in college i kind of i got got recruited as a striker okay forward type person yep um and then i kind of made my way into like attacking mid role then i was like a true center mid and then my senior year i became like a defensive center mid and that's kind of where it stuck and then when i went overseas they were like all right we need a center back they played a three back they're like all right yeah you have a good height you like to defend all right, you're in. So I was like, all right, never played center back in my life, but here we go. And then it just, it actually just stuck. Like everyone just assumed I was a center mid or center defender from then on out. Is it your preferred position now? I guess you may have to say that, but is it, do you have <laughs> yeah. a favorite position or? For me, I think college made it, I like center mid because I was able to do both jobs mm-hmm. and kind of just kind of, I was like one of those like clean up the mess midfielders. Yeah. Like I would just kind of like, a Declan Rice, I guess you could say. Nice. If yeah. I could say that. That's a little bit... Okay, he's obviously way better, but like... But no, that's, a, that's... a scaled version. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> so like, yeah, how he just kind of like works really hard in there. Like mm-hmm. that was my spot and I love defending. So I think now I realize like center back is actually probably a good position for me. Defensively, I that's just where I thrive, I think. I think I'd, I'd agree with you from what I've seen you of you play in person. I'd you seem naturally suited to that position so it makes sense it's just I was a bit taken aback when I saw that you that used to play as a forward I was like oh that's interesting that's quite right. a transition backwards <laughs> yeah exactly maybe it just helped me now you used to play forwards and now I know kind of what they're thinking yeah I don't know <laughs> into that mindset so you can mark them properly and and be the defender that you are that's awesome um so you were drafted out of college kind of right is that accurate um, or have I misread information so this the Silverbacks picked up your contract for a bit before they right, kind of went um, upside down <laughs> yeah so I did enter the NWSL draft, so the mm. professional draft, and I was not chosen. A bunch of girls do this after yeah. their senior year. And then I think there's like a s- pretty small number of girls that actually get drafted. So it's pretty incredible if you do. But I did not. So at the time, I still thought I was going to go to grad school. Okay. And I still had an internship to finish to get my degree for college. Uh-huh. Okay. So I had to work basically i had to work eight hour days so i didn't have time to play soccer as well so i graduated a semester late because of that and then i so i had to take off a year of playing so i just trained by myself while i was doing that internship like after i got off work i would just go run or 
play and like find someone to play pickup with. Yeah, amazing. I don't know. I, I, I went to the college. I was like, can I, like, can I join this pickup game? <laughs> I don't know. I was just looking for anything. Um, and then I, my coach, my college coach actually introduced me to a guy that lived near me mm-hmm. and his name was Alex Palma. So he agreed to train me. Okay. And get, so he got me in my first trial um, in Holland with Hair and Vane, which is, I went for like a week. I didn't make the team and I was kind of like really bummed. I was like, oh, I really want to do this, but that I guess that wasn't for me. I came back. I was like, okay, I need to get, obviously I taken like a year and a half off. So I was like, all right, I need to really get on the grind and get my touches yeah. back in order, get my fitness back up. So I trained with Alex like almost every day for about five months, a couple hours at a time. And then he was like, all right, you, he made me try out for the silverbacks, which is, which is where this whole story is going to. <laughs> yeah. So he made me try out for them. I was like, I'm not going to make it. Like I know all the girls that want to play there. Like I don't think I'm going to make it. And he was like, no, no, you're doing it. So I went and I ended up making it. And I was like, so, like so happy. And it's like semi-professional. It's not even a real professional team. And so, yeah. So I played with them in the summer uh, under a guy named coach Iggy. He was really cool. And then at the end of the summer, that's where I got my next trial for IAC. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sort of your journey from there takes you as a, almost a bit of globetrotting, doesn't, trotting, doesn't it? Because you played for, you played in Scotland, Switzerland, Iceland, Italy. How do you adjust to being in so many different countries? Like you're still uh, a, a young person at this point. You're moving, you know, halfway around the world at least. <laughs> and it's obviously the language in, in Scotland is similar, but then you're going to Switzerland and Iceland and Italy where they speak a different language. What focused your mentality to be able to get you to adjust to living in those different countries? At first it was a bit tough. Like I was kind of used to it. I got a little taste of it when I went to college because it was like, seven hours away from my house so I wasn't able to like necessarily go home like that but then going over there yeah the language actually in Scotland the language was so hard to understand like I (laughs) I had no clue so I 
had a job there, right? So I playing in Scotland, I wasn't paid. I worked for at a subway, like down the street from Irox. Yeah, so these little school kids would come in and like they'd be like, Can I have gherkins and blah blah blah? I'm like, I don't know what gherkins are. <laughs> I don't know what you just said. Can you just repeat it slowly? Like and I'll try my best to make your sandwich right. So actually it was I think you just had to be patient with myself and yeah. with the circumstances and just kind of take it for what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think I just took it day by day, honestly. That's how I made it through all of those different places because I, I didn't know where I was going to be next. I didn't know where I was going to be living. Like in Scotland, I lived on the, like I slept on the, like on a little air mattress that didn't have as much air as I would love to have, <laughs> but it's okay. On the, my teammate's floor. It's mm. so like her family was so nice to let me stay with them for free. And I, so I just slept in the, on the floor of her room That's... for the time I was there. Wow, that must have been tough. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then, yeah, getting up at like 7 every morning, 6.30 to go to work at Subway and then going to training after. So it was it was tough, I won't lie, especially with that being like my first real experience. But it was 100% worth it. I made great friends there. Yeah. And like I said, I just take it day by day. I'm like, all right, today I got to do this. That's yeah. it. And then next time I'll see next season, I'll see where I am. I don't want this to sound as weird as it's going to come out, but I think you can see from your from your social media the, that you've made like a proper impression everywhere you went from the the things that you get tagged in and and how people sort of remember you fondly. I think is is a real testament to how much of a team player you are. So you can see that sort of impact. Different players that have played with you at different team in different teams, sort of remembering you and and posting about you. So that's you've obviously you obviously settled in well in all those places, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. I. I hope to. I was just, I tried to just like, I don't know, like, yeah, make friends everywhere I went and just kind of feel out for the culture and stuff. Mm. I, I wanted to learn as much as I wanted to like show my, what I could do. I also wanted to learn from everywhere I went and from people there. Cause I think people can impact you so much if you allow them to. And I, I learned so much on my journey. It was crazy. So you went from so, Rangers to Switzerland, right? Is that right? Yeah. And then on to Iceland. Yes. <laughs> and then over to Italy. You, I just want to sort of focus. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're a Swiss or an Icelandic fan, but I, I just want to skip straight to Italy if that's all right, because you were, you were part of a really successful rescue team. I was just wondering if you would want to sort of talk a little bit about your time with them and finishing second in Serie A, which is amazing. It was crazy. It was amazing from the beginning. So I got, I went straight from Iceland to Italy. Like I didn't come to America at all. Wow. I just went straight there um, with whatever I had from Iceland. Like, all right, I guess I'll just take those clothes with me. I don't really know. And I got picked up by the sweetest man and he, he didn't speak any English. So wow. we were just listening to like the radio the whole way home. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. It was like at five in the morning. <laughs> I don't even know what time it was. We got back to the apartment. He let me in. My roommate was super nice. She like left me a note. She was sleeping. So the next day was like the Super Cup final. So in Italy, that's like... I forget how it worked. It's like the whoever won the league versus whoever won the Italian Cup yeah, last year yep. or something like that. So they would play each other. So they were playing the next day. So I like woke up and I like drove with them to the game and they won. And like my first impression of them is just going crazy after the game. Amazing. It was, it was such an intense game. And like Italian fans are like, like no other fans I've, I've seen. I don't even know. They're shooting off like fireworks they're doing the smoke things like their flags are everywhere they're screaming like jumping on a fence oh it was crazy it was it was so cool the first that to be my first impression i mean that is amazing to have that is an amazing first day in the country i'd say that's incredible i was like okay wow we won something already we got just got here and yeah so then we had champions league and that was a crazy experience as well yeah that kind of 
I don't know. For me, that kind of just was like a, a God wink a little bit. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's because our first round in Champions League, we played against Ajax, which is a team I did not make the team on. Like yeah. when I went for trial, they, I didn't make it. And then we played against them the first round in Champions League. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, what, are the, what are the chances of that happening? All the teams <laughs> we could have played. Yeah. And we ended up winning. And that was a crazy game as well. Like every single muscle in my legs were cramping, but it didn't matter because I was like, we're going to go on to the next of this Champions League. I, I really, really loved Italy. I was trying to learn the language. The girls were so funny. They they would just like make fun of me, but like all good hearted, of yeah. course. Like she doesn't know what she's saying. The coach would just be like, you don't understand anything. <laughs> but I, I understood him saying that. So it was like, I, I understand that you think I don't understand anything. <laughs> I, I at least can understand that. Um, <laughs> we ended up tying in the table at the end of the year oh. with Juve, with Juventus. And so we had to play, They so they don't do it off like point or like goal differential or anything. Yeah. They make you play another game. It's wow. called a Scudetto. And so we had to play against Juventus to like see who would win the championship basically. Oh, wow. Which is so much pressure. Also incredible. <laughs> yeah. So like the, Italy was just full of pressure. Like it was just yeah. game after game of pressure. And it was so, I mean, it was like so fun and it made me, like just have a, such a love for the game after I was there. Was your time in Italy the time when you first really felt like you were fully professional? I say so. Like yeah. although I was getting like paid in the in Switzerland and yeah. Iceland, it really felt professional to me being in Italy with how they treat us, that like the setup, the games that were such like like I said, high pressure. Mm. Every game just felt so important in Italy even down to the last one where we had to like fight for it. Like we were in so many finals for things. <laughs> it, was, it was really, really cool. And I, I that, learned a lot playing there. So it's so amazing. I, I just, obviously I, I know, I know Brescia from the, from the men's league, but I didn't realize there was su- such a force in, in the Italian women's game for, for a period of time. And so right. it's fascinating to just look at what they were, what they were up to when you were playing for them and just looking at the results and, and how dominant they've been over a period of time just just mm-hmm. so close to Juventus I didn't realize about the playoff game though I just I just saw that you'd finish second overall right. I didn't realize that there was a game for that so that must have been right. some some game <laughs> it was yeah it actually went into overtime and then penalty kicks and wow. we lost on like the sixth penalty or something wow. so it was like heartbreaking but it was an amazing game actually I loved that game it was under the lights so many fans there it, it was cool so how did moving to England come about I'm pretty sure they saw... So, West Ham was forming up their first professional women's yep. team. So, Matt Beard was, I guess, kind of trying to create his, his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to say he saw me play against Montpellier in Champions League. Okay. Like, footage from that game. And I have an agent. So, he contacted my agent and kind of got the ball rolling from there. I was really, like, debating on staying in Italy or going to West Ham. Must have been a hard choice. Must have been a hard choice. It was choice. so hard after having that whole crazy year and so Bracia was dropping down like basically business was I don't know you know how business is yep. in football clubs so AC Milan was gonna buy Bracia so AC Milan offered me a spot as well so I was like okay maybe I should go there which would have been obviously really cool to play for AC Milan but then I just felt like West Ham was gonna be better for my development and I really want to play in the English league obviously the history in England is immense yeah um so I just wanted to be a part of that and continue my journey, I guess, and yeah. learning new things. As a West Ham fan and in a completely biased position, I'm very grateful that that was the choice that you made. <laughs> <laughs> However, well, I can fully you. understand the debate as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. So, yeah, no, it was a great decision too. So. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's nice to hear. <laughs> so how different was it 
at West Ham compared to Prescia? I think it was a little bit even more professional at West Ham. Okay, interesting. Um, we didn't have much interaction with like the men's side of things in Brescia. Like we we're completely separate. Okay, which is fine. Like it's not a big deal. And it was a little bit more like we played on like a random field. Mm-hmm. It was just a little bit different in that sense. But professionally speaking, yeah. West Ham we had the facilities. Like all the uniforms were like top notch, <laughs> uh, the coaching staff, like so many coaches, it was just like one step further. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the style of play was different. So in Italy, they're much more, they like to be so creative and like, it's a lot more, I guess you could say free flowing. And then in England, it wasn't that it wasn't creative. It was just more structured in how we played. And I learned so much tactically in England that maybe I didn't learn in other places. Because they y'all have a real understanding of the game, like yeah. the tactical side of it, and I had never really received that kind of training before. Because unfortunately, the, the coverage of the the women's game is so limited. I think from elsewhere in the world, my impression is always that we we're, we're slightly behind everywhere else because it's taken a while for our league to sort of really come back into coverage. It's been established for a long time, but it's only just starting to get a bit more mainstream press. Like it was only we're only talking like three or four years ago when the BBC didn't even cover it. So you know, it's, it's crazy. we we just sit we, it just for someone that's looking at it from an internal perspective it just seems like we're so far behind everybody else in terms of getting the women's game up and running but I'm thankful that the focus is shifting because obviously it's been great to be able to go down to Rush Green and, and support you guys and just on a little side note you definitely joined the club at the right time in terms of the uniform because the two previous kits seasons kits were not as nice as the current the ones, oh, really? the, oh, the ones that okay. you played in so <laughs> okay good timing <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> How long did it take you to adjust to life in the UK or was it just, did it just feel a little bit more usual, I guess, because of the language and stuff like that? It was a bit more usual, I guess, with the language. And I think Americans and English people, I don't know if it's unpopular opinion, but I feel like we're pretty similar in a lot yeah. of things. It just it really took me a long time. Yeah, I was going to say that the was the one side. thing. <laughs> oh my word. I would always just walk out in the street. So luckily, our, my little friend group, I guess, like yeah. I was friends with everyone, but like the people I hung out most anna morehouse was in it so yep. she would always like be like nope don't go that don't, like you didn't look across the street the right way like you're gonna get hit by a car like i can't tell you how many times i probably almost got hit by a car um just going the wrong way and like looking the wrong way and i'm like okay so i think that was probably the hardest to adjust to um and then the the cockney slang oh yeah on i could not tell you what matt beard said sometimes or maca the assistant coach i was just like what is that what does that even mean like I couldn't understand it, to be, but I finally got a hang of it, yeah. To be fair, I've overheard Matt in the dugout at times when he's been very passionate about what he's saying, and even mm-hmm. as a Londoner myself, I have been a little bit baffled as to what he was saying, so I, I can relate <laughs> okay, to Okay, good. That. I'm glad it's not just me then. <laughs> yeah. So you were with us for a season and a half-ish, two seasons, because I guess this season's been cut short, unfortunately, so you've done the majority of it. What were some of your highlights with West Ham? I guess the easy one would probably be the Reading game, the FA Cup yeah. semifinal. And then the final, obviously, at Wembley was unbelievable. I can't, like, I, it's hard to even describe it, really. I have not had a prouder moment as a West Ham fan, I think, too. Because really? I, you know, I just missed us having sort of cup finals. I, I had to work the day the men's team got to the 2006 FA Cup final, but I was available to go to your guys and we were at the Reading semi-final and that game was just incredible. So. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you can make both of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that, those were pretty big highlights. And like, 
not even just because it was like a big game, I guess. It was like, I just had a moment during Wembley where I just looked around and I was like, I cannot believe I'm in this spot with all my friends right now. Like I just had like an immense like state of joy at that moment. Yeah. I don't even, I could, I, it's hard to describe. I just felt like so light inside looking around and the fans are incredible. The, just everything was so heightened. Yeah. It was, it was really cool to be able to represent West Ham at such a stage. And I know being an American and maybe it's harder for some people to like think that I would want to represent West Ham, but I, I like really did. And I truly enjoyed wearing that badge and trying to w- win it all for us. Unfortunately, it came short. I could totally see that with you, but also with the entire team. Like I never, there is never a match where I'm there where I question the commitment of the 11 that are on the pitch and the, and the subs and even the injury people like you. Right. It's been clear from day one that all of you wanted to play for the badge and that was so important to me and to many of us actually that 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 you guys were that way because you know we've (laughs) we got into habits of of seeing certain players from the men's team not have that same commitment and it's so not it's so refreshing to see all of you trying for every ball and working your socks off and actually I felt like the FA Cup final was a massive payoff to to the commitment that you guys showed so it was really cool oh yeah I'm I'm really glad you could see that because we all felt that and I wish you could be a fly on the wall sometimes in our <laughs> in our locker room of like what like the passion we actually had for it absolutely i i just want to um and this is will probably be a little bit random to you but i thought that your performance against man united this season which probably potentially was your last game i don't know whether it was was exceptional i was very pleased to see you restored into the back four and just i just wanted to just well, give it yeah, a little well, nod yeah, to you. i appreciate that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i really do appreciate that, that was a, an intense game the one where we came back yeah that the one yep. yeah yeah um, it was just it was a, I thought that was a, actually this season was a really special performance um, and it was really good to see you back in the centre of defence as well because I know you you sort of been moved around a little bit and playing in some other positions and, and not yeah, being able yeah. to make the start in mm-hmm. 11 but it was really good to see you back there and you could see that you wanted to be there and there were some tackles mm-hmm. that you made where I was just like oh that's amazing uh, so yeah. <laughs> well thank you <laughs> yeah no that, that game felt really good and Honestly, this past season, sometimes, I mean, it happens to all footballers. Like sometimes coaches just don't put you in the 11 yep. and that's fine. And I just wanted to try to keep a positive attitude throughout. And whenever I did get time, I was going to give it everything I had Yeah. and just really play my heart out because that club did mean so much to me and does mean so much to me. And I just didn't want to waste any second that I was on the field thinking about other things so I just gave it everything I could every time I was on there yeah, whether we... it was outside back inside like center back <laughs> wherever it was I didn't care I was I was happy to play we saw it as well so I just wanted to give you that that little heads up <laughs> so as someone that's sort of traveled around so much in their career what so what would be your kind of top tips for settling into somewhere new like how do you because you've done it so many times now there must be a sort of do you have like a system in place or is it is there something else that that keeps you being able to just fit in if you can, I don't know um, if you can quantify that in words, but <laughs> yeah, I think every time I went somewhere, I wanted to make sure. Like, I think you really have to make an effort. Um, I think it's really easy to just kind of just settle in, FaceTime your friends from home, yep. do like think about how it was at home, compare it. And I just tried not to compare anything because every place I went to had their own special. I don't know uh, what's the word. Something this special about it, wherever yeah. it was. I just wanted to take it all in um, and not have any expectations. So I just, like I said before, just take it day by day, trust that I was in the right spot. God was leading me where I needed to be. And just, 
yeah just take it from there like that that's a good a good way of approaching it I think and you can hear you can hear that approach I think in as we as I've been talking to you you can sort of see your mentality and your positive approach to to life in general so (laughs) definitely hear that through um you mentioned your faith there is it is it something you have um how easy do you find it sort of keeping that side of things up like particularly like going to church and stuff like that how easy do you find that when you're moving about yeah it's okay it's pretty hard to actually physically go to church a lot when you're moving around uh in italy for example it's hard to find an english-speaking church yep um in general switzerland as well so luckily uh my american church has an online service so i was able to watch pretty much every weekend or whenever i wanted to really i could just watch a sermon um so that helped and I think, honestly, it, doing all the moving and stuff like that, yeah. it actually made my faith stronger, I think. I had to rely more on trusting God yeah. in every place I went to. And I know maybe some people don't believe in that or anything, but I I truly do. And it made it only stronger knowing that like when I look back, all, how all the pieces fit together, the people I've met on my journey and mm-hmm. how it all intertwined, like for me, it's just smacks me in the face like god wanted you in all these places at this moment not a moment before not a moment after like this moment i think it's just been incredible to see how my story has unfolded looking back at the time you can't really guess where you're going you can't at all but going back like if i wouldn't have gone one place then i like if i wouldn't have got a southern miss i wouldn't have met coach mo who Mm -hmm. introduced me to alex who got me a trial and who got me to scotland who from there i don't know it was just how everything's connected is incredible to me and i i owe so much to my faith and god and my parents yeah. instilling that in me from the beginning i think even it's my work rate i think too just kind of helps with that, that knowing i can yeah just i work my hardest no matter what the circumstances are just because i know i want to i don't not i wouldn't say like please god necessarily mm. but i i want to do everything to the best of my ability because he's given me these abilities and yep. he's given me this, these chances and opportunities and i wanted to make the most of them amazing i think you can see as well just working through your story there's like you've got a couple of really pivotal sort of sliding doors moments because you could have coming out of college you you could have ended up at grad school like you just said and then that would have taken you down a completely different path which i'm sure you would have excelled in anyway but it it could have taken you you know into into the business world or into into some other area and actually there was something that made you persist and carry on to get you to where you are now um and it could have been a completely different story so i think if you look at it like that there's there's testament there as well exactly 100 percent. exactly cool i think i've gotten all these a lot of nudges in the right direction where i needed to go so in terms of football who would you say are your biggest influences other players on your own game or on your outlook at, at professionalism i think when i was growing up i think like every other little american girl i like looked up to mia ham yeah <laughs> she just like worked so hard and was the best and just carried our u.s team it felt like mm-hmm um, so from the beginning, I would say her and her work rate and yeah. how like she would do anything to get to where she was. And then actually when I got to West Ham, mm-hmm. Jilly yeah. really made an impact on me. Like her professionalism, how she played, how long she's played at center back. Like I was just trying to be like a sponge. I was like, okay, tell me everything you know. I want to be, I want to yeah. do that. I want to be as successful as you are. I just try to learn everything from her really. She is a centre-back through and through. 
everything about her and just a true leader and so that's that's I can see why that particular player had such an influence on you because I I don't see how you couldn't play alongside her and not aspire to be like that I think in terms of career aims you're obviously now in the NWSL what are you hoping for in your future well obviously I I really want to try to make a name if I can for on this team and do what I can to help this team move up in the table I think they've been steadily improving and they had got a new coach last year who's still the coach this year and mm. I new players. Um, so obviously I want to try to get in this starting 11. I I'm a new player, so I know I got to work for it. Yeah. And then I guess, I guess every soccer player stream is to be seen by the national team. Uh, either one really, I would, I could definitely, I could represent England as well with my passport. Okay. Um, I don't know how realistic that either of those goals are, but obviously you got to try for it. If you're at this level, you got to go for it. So. Absolutely. I, w- I was wondering about the dual nationality because I know obviously Erin and um, Courtney have, have got the Irish um, thing as well, haven't they, going down the the Irish dual nationality. So I wondered if, if, you're, if you were contemplating yours or whether yours was a, was a sort of set America only. <laughs> no, no, not set, not set. Uh, England really... Uh, made us like a mark on my heart so i think okay. i'd i'd love to represent either one cool i'll, I'll send a message to the next coach once phil's yeah. done no we'll let <laughs> yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> um brooke thank you so much for your time this uh well it's this evening here i know it's it's slightly earlier over where you are but um thank you so much for your time and just for recording f- with me and just for making the whole process really straightforward it's been an absolute pleasure i just want to give you a moment if there is anything you'd like to plug now is your opportunity <laughs> <laughs> plug moment um i don't really have any plug moments but um i just want to be i want to be able to like give back to the women's soccer scene so i think if there are any listeners that have questions about anything i'd really love to be able to help people get to where they want to go um so i'm always open on social media i'm not gonna shut you down um yeah so i just think if you're going to, I don't know, if I were to give some advice for any girls yeah. trying to make it this way, just really concentrate on your own growth and don't be concerned with comparing to others because everyone's path is going to look different. And I think I've said this a few times, but my path, I couldn't have guessed it. And, but I also wouldn't have, I wouldn't trade it for the world now that I am where I am. I think some people go straight out of college to professional or straight out of high school or wherever. And I didn't. But we end up at the same place, and I think that's okay. So yeah. really just focus on what you can do every day. That's what I would say. Thanks so much, Brooke. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much for having me. I okay. appreciate it. A massive thank you to Brooke for giving up time during her pre-season to have a chat with me there. I'm really excited about the new season of women's football, obviously for West Ham, but also for the NWSL to see how Brooke gets on. I encourage you to give Brooke a follow on Instagram, at Brooke Hendricks, all one word, underscore. And you can check out the NWSL at nwslsoccer.com and the Women's Super League, where West Ham play, at womenscompetitions.thefa.com. All the links are in the show notes. Join me next episode when I talk to Peyton, a remarkable man who really puts the living in living with a heart condition. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at 50pmovieclub or you can email me directly at letmeintroducemyselfpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time.
Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.